I was a uh, practicing clinician working in a home health agency model. I wasn't allowed to dose my patients as per best practice guidelines. So I said, there's gotta be a way to do this better. My, my grandmother and my grandfather, I started seeing them going in and out of long-term care. It started personal seeing the sick side of 80, and now it's been exciting to be part of Fox. Light bulb moment, like that's a complete game changer. You can see what we can do as a practice and as treating clinicians to really make 80, 85 look so much different than it did back that long ago. And boil it down into one say, it's quite simply this, it's be stronger, live better longer. Welcome to Fox Rehabilitation's Live Better Longer podcast, the podcast dedicated to clinicians who work with older adults. My name is Jim Shear, and today I am joined once again by Fox Occupational Therapist, Katie Cooper. Katie, welcome back. Thank you for having me. Excited and to be here. You have titles too. So unofficially, <laughs> did we did we decide if you were the health coach? That, that yeah, I think I'm the health coach of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Katie is unofficial. Well, we should make it official. Officially, yeah. Katie is the health coach of the Live Better Longer podcast. And then you also run internally with Fox Rehabilitation, our Live Well with Fox program. Exactly. Yep. And for those that don't know, can you quickly tell them about Live Well with Fox? Yeah. Live Well with Fox is a program to support our employees well-being and um, their their health and wellness. And so we offer workshops quarterly for the entire practice on different topics that are about an hour long. And then we also have a small cohort group program that runs um, every couple months. And there the clinicians get to kind of deep dive into health and wellness and set goals that they want to work on. And we we meet six times over 12 weeks to kind of work on goals towards those those health and wellness areas. And the engagement, at least yeah. to me, is incredible. It is. I mean, it's really needed. I think worldwide needed <laughs> and definitely in the healthcare world, uh, we work really hard and we give a lot to our patients and we're not always the best at taking care of ourselves. So this is a great way to kind of learn strategies to take care of our minds and bodies so that we can be the best in all of our roles in life um, with our patients, with our families, with ourselves. Because the people that do the workshops and the people that attend the small program throughout that 12-week period, I would think that it would be tough for them to take that step to do it. But so far, like, once again, I'm blown away by the engagement that they took that, you know, they have the courage to take that step to make themselves a little bit better. Yeah. And everyone's getting amazing results. Um, I think also having that sense of community with other people who are having similar struggles or challenges in life and just knowing you're not alone in that feeling and then learning ways to kind of get out of it and and to feel healthier and have more work-life uh, you know, balance. It, it just, it's amazing to see kind of how people have responded to the offerings that we have. So if someone's listening to this podcast right now and like, oh, like I want to be part of, of Live Well with Fox. Well, you can, but you would have to work with Fox and we would love to have you. So if you want to work with Fox, come join Fox. Uh, but, you know, let's say you're not a clinician. Uh, you could listen to this podcast. Maybe you'll get some nice little tidbits out of uh, hearing Katie talk today. Exactly. <laughs> so the topic is, Katie, please. 
The topic is mindfulness for ourselves and for our patients because everybody could benefit from being more mindful. All right. So I think, and I hate to do this, but I think it's necessary. Let's define mindfulness and not what Miriam Webster defines mindfulness as, but what is mindfulness? Because I would think that if you bump into some people, they would like form the circle with their thumbs and fingers and go into that fake yoga pose and like, um, this is mindfulness. So let's dispel that. What is mindfulness, Katie Cooper, our official health coach of the Live Better Longer podcast? Well, mindfulness is really individual, but it's being present in the moment and experiencing whatever is going on in front of you, within you. Um, and yes, uh, right before this, I did do an Om mantra practice. <laughs> but you didn't do it mockingly. You did no, it. I did you not. did it for legitimate results. Yes. Yeah. So, but you know, there are lots of ways to be mindful. It can really just be sitting in the moment and just taking account of what is going on around you, what you're feeling, checking in with your senses. It doesn't have to be. Woo woo. <laughs> Although it could be, it could be, yeah, it could, it could be, be, but it doesn't have to be. You just have to be present. But yes. how difficult is that, especially since we live in a world where we're expected to do a gazillion things all at once? I mean, today's world, it is really hard. And that's why it's a practice and something that we have to kind of put effort into. I know I feel it these days, I'm getting pulled in a hundred different directions in my life. And when I feel that way, I really have to step back and take uh, take a moment of re- and just it could be as easy as just taking a deep breath and kind of just slowing down for a moment. Um, I like that. You know, and the, I mean, the other thing that I wanted to say about mindfulness is there's so much research to back up how beneficial it is to our bodies. I mean, it it improves our immune system. You know, I just took this course on immunity and they had all these studies that showed that people who had a mindful practice, which there's lots of different types out there, had an improved immune response to vaccinations, to when they were um, exposed to a virus, they had less of less symptoms, they got less sick, you know, so for everybody out there being mindful is super helpful for staying healthy in especially in this modern world where we're just getting bombarded with everything it's funny that you brought up statistics because that was actually the last question i had for you (laughs) like how do you track results or assess that all of this can really benefit you but you said it right there yeah i actually looked up research with the geriatric population too and there's a ton of research that shows that it can impact their anxiety and stress levels, which for everybody, that's the, that's true. It can reduce your pain and it can impact chronic conditions like rheumatoid arthritis, MS, Parkinson's. You can have a better, better function, better ability to manage those diseases with a simple mindfulness practice. See, that sells me on it. It's <laughs> right? not just like, oh, like you'll feel so much better. And I was like, no, it's, it's healthier for you. Mm-hmm. I've noticed in myself, like I get exposed to so many germs with my kids being three and seven and in school. Yes, yes. And this winter, knock on wood, 
have had less colds, flu. You know, I have not gotten sick when they are getting sick. And I think a lot of it has to do with how I take care of myself and being mindful and taking time to reduce my stress response by deep breathing, by meditation, by, you know, whatever strategy I just decide to use that day. If I was a stressed out clinician who wasn't working with Fox, I would quit my job right now, join Fox Rehabilitation, and then join the Live Well with Fox program with Katie Cooper. Oh my gosh. If I if there were <laughs> clinicians that joined the practice for Live Well, that would be amazing. <laughs> I'd love that. No, but I... I love that we have a program like this. So it's not yeah. like work with us and like work until you drop. It's like, no, like work with us, but we care about you. We don't want you to burn yourself out. We have a program for you that can help. Yes. All right. So Absolutely. let's start with the the clinician. So how can mindfulness help them throughout their day to day? Now you went through the stats, you know, if you practice mm-hmm. mindfulness, it's, it's, you know, you're healthier, but like, take us through mindfulness as a clinician. You're on the clock from nine to five. You know, in our jobs, we get pulled in lots of different directions. You have, you're going to see your patient. They have, you know, all of their stressors they're putting on you. You have a family member who calls you. You have an email you need to respond to. There's just a lot of things that you could be doing. You're in documenting one too. Yeah, documenting too. And when you have all of those inputs coming, it's really hard to focus on whatever's in front of you. So my recommendation is, you know, spend one minute taking deep breaths. Or in those moments where you're feeling like kind of frazzled, maybe you're driving and you have like 10 things on your mind, tuning into your senses. So what do I see right now in front of me? Oh, there's a a white car. What do I hear? I hear the, the traffic next to me. I hear the music playing on the radio. What do I smell? Oh, I smell the lunch I just had that's sitting next to me in the car. You know, you tune into your senses. It takes you out of kind of the loop in your mind and kind of refocuses on just the present moment. Ah, I like that. What does breathing do? So breathing has like a really direct impact on your nervous system. So when we are stressed out, it turns on the sympathetic nervous system. So that, that um, fight or flight, and we kind of get anxious and, you know, our breathing gets out of whack. And when we take those deep breaths, we turn off that stress response and we turn on rest and digest. And it allows our our nervous system to calm down and allows the body to function again. Because a lot of times when we're under stress, our body shuts down specific parts of our body, like our digestion and, you know, things that we need (laughs) to function well. So when we take those deep breaths, we kind of reset the nervous system so that our body is properly functioning. We're reducing that blood pressure. We're reducing anxiety, you know, all those things that make us kind of feel frazzled in our day. You're a genius because that was my second to last question. (laughs) How do you block out anxiety? But Mm. by breathing, like you said, that stops the madness. Yes. And there are lots of really cool breathing techniques because sometimes just taking a deep breath you can still have the thoughts going racing in your mind. It's hard to um, to really calm yourself with just one deep breath. So there's things like box breathing where you kind of envision a box in your mind. And on the top of the box, you breathe in for four counts. 
When you go down, you're holding for four counts. You go across the bottom, you're breathing out for four, and then up, you're um, holding for four again. So you kind of envision that box. So then you're you're using your mind to focus on something while you're doing the breathing, which kind of really shuts everything else out. Yeah, And you can do that for like four or five cycles and have that response. It does not need to be 10 minutes of deep breathing. I love how you have an answer for everything. Because, you know, some <laughs> people, when they're stressed out, people say, breathe, breathe. And you may say, well, what's that going to do? I don't know. It'll make you feel better. But you have like an actual answer for it. Yeah, I actually have a patient right now that I'm trying to get her to find the mindfulness practice that's going to work for her because her stress and her anxiety impact her ability to really focus on our sessions and to get anything out of it. She's, It's very hard for her to see the benefit of the therapy because she's so anxious about anything new that we try. So trying to incorporate the mindfulness practice into our session so that she can then see the impact of what we're doing. So that that was a question I had for you. How do you work in the idea of mindfulness with a patient? Do you just sort of subtly work it in where they don't even know that you're doing this or do you explain it to them flat out right when you start a session? For me, I, it really depends on the patient. I have some patients who, especially if they're cognitively intact and can understand the science behind the techniques then I will explain it flat out and just be like, this is the research that shows that this is beneficial for you. Let's try it. And they can really engage in it and help pick and choose like what's going to work for them. I have other patients who, you know, especially maybe they have dementia or they have more chronic conditions where it's hard for them to process that information or they, or they really like don't believe in it or don't want to, um, try something new, then maybe I'm just putting on like calming music in the background or we're working on deep breathing for their respiration, for their, their lung capacity. But I also know it's working on, you know, all these other um, impacts as well. Would we call that being sneaky or just, or just a great clinician? (laughs) I think the greatest clinicians are very sneaky. That's the only way you get results with some of our patients. You have to be sneaky. (laughs) So back to the clinician, for someone who's never really considered the concept of mindfulness, and I'm, I'm sure you probably go through this all the time whenever you start a Live Well with Fox program, where do you start? I think you have to figure out what works for you. So do you connect with deep breathing? Or do you need something with music attached to it? Or do you need something more active? You know, you could go to a yoga class or there's Qigong, which is a really cool movement mindfulness practice that, you know, there's YouTube videos out there. You can go find a class in your community, finding what resonates with you and your body and what you're willing to try for a period of time, because you want to find something you can stick with for a couple of weeks to see how it impacts your health. I like this. So it's not the same for everyone. It's whatever works for you. Mm -hmm. And is it tough for you to find out what works for other people? No, I like to see the individual person explore and, you know, find, you know, their solution, their strategy. Um, I, 
I like that we're all different and I can give you lots of suggestions for what's worked for me, but until you kind of explore what's out there and find what works for your body, it's not, it's not going to be the solution, you know, until you try it and you, you figure it out for yourself. And whether it's a patient or a clinician, what's the key to staying on track? There has to be some sort of accountability piece. That's what I found so to be successful, like our Live Well program. You know that every two weeks we're going to kind of check in and see how things are going. So it might be you have a friend you're going to go to yoga class with, or maybe you have a family member that's going to do the deep breathing exercises with you, or you have an app that reminds you to take your deep breaths. I actually just started this mindfulness challenge on an app called Insight Timer, which is free. It's an amazing app for um, all types of meditation and mindfulness. And each day it's a different type of meditation or self-care technique. So you kind of get to try out a new technique every day and see, oh, did that resonate with me? Maybe I'll try more of that, you know? Um, So there's lots of ways to kind of add it into your schedule and make that accountability piece happen. Cause like I said, it could be a minute of deep breathing. You don't have to do an hour long activity every day. So once again, the key is knowing yourself. Like if you know what resonates with you, you can figure out a whole bunch of things. Mm -hmm. So last question before we go to break. So let's, I'm not a clinician by the way. But let's say that I meditate, maybe in the morning or maybe right after lunch. I feel like I'm set. But then a couple hours later or a few hours later, I feel myself slipping and I'm kind of going off track and I'm not present anymore and I'm thinking about a million different things. So how difficult is it to stay focused throughout an entire workday? Oh, super difficult. Uh, you know, to be honest, it's it's very hard because we we do have a lot of things that come at us throughout our day. And I think the more that you practice being mindful, the more aware you're going to become of those parts of the day where things start to kind of get a little more stressful, more, you know, busy, being pulled in different directions. And you can kind of check in at those times and say, okay, maybe I need to take a minute and do a breathing exercise, or maybe I need to step back and just put some music on that's going to calm me down um, and just kind of recenter so that you can then be successful the rest of your day. So like in sports, when a team is unraveling and they call a timeout, we have to do the same during the workday. I love that analogy. Yes, we need some timeouts in our day for sure. Because do you feel it? I feel it all the time where it's, 2.30 2.30 in the afternoon. Once again, 2.30 is when I get cranky. We, we discussed that on the, the food episode of yes, the Live Better Longer podcast. But I feel like I'm doing a little bit of this. I'm emailing that. I feel like I'm doing so much work, but I'm accomplishing nothing. Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel like that? Oh, yeah. This week has just been a crazy week for me <laughs> in, in general. And there have definitely been some times where I'm like, oh, I need to step back. That I am going in a hundred different directions. And like you said, not really accomplishing anything. Right, but I'm you're not... moving. Like we, yeah. I think sometimes we mistake moving for actually like accomplishing things and being efficient, but we're not being efficient at all. No, definitely not. Yeah, that's definitely the time where I need to like walk away, get a drink of water, take a few deep breaths or just kind of check in and then kind of come back a little more centered. 
All right, here's another question. I feel like whenever you come into the Live Better Longer podcast, I'm just getting like free therapy from you. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) All right, so I'm frazzled, right? And you're saying take a timeout. When I take a timeout, say if it's like a 10-minute timeout in the middle of the day, then I feel guilty for taking a 10-minute timeout. So how do I not feel guilty for taking that me time that I need to be more efficient? That's the key right there is like, if you want to be efficient, you need that time out so that you can come back and be present with your work and and get things actually accomplished. If you think about a day where you're really frazzled and you're doing 100 things and and at the end of the day, you're like, what did I actually accomplish versus a day where you take those breaks and you feel more centered and focused and compare them? You're like, what did what did I achieve on that day where I took time out for myself. So you're looking at the results. Yeah, you got to look at the results. And then eventually, (laughs) like, how do you get over that hump? Because I always have that guilt hump. I don't know where that came from in my life. But if I stop working for five or 10 minutes, I'm like, no, like I should be working. You know, I get that way too. I think that's like the type A personality where you you just, you give and give and give. And (laughs) it's hard to step back and take care of yourself. And I think it's it's just practice um, and just reminding yourself that this is what your body needs so that you can be the best at your job. Um, and I think back to when I have been so stressed out and anxious in years past and think about what I accomplished in my job those years and how I supported my team or how I was with my family. And now that I take care of myself, oh, I'm up. I'm much more focused and attentive with my kids instead of stressed out and like yelling at them. Or when I'm with a, when I'm with a colleague, I can really focus on them and have a meaningful conversation and feel like we both get something out of it versus me just trying to get through it, you know, and just kind of like seeing those differences in the, in the experience. So those moments of me time are actually better for the universe. Oh, definitely better for the universe. Yes. All right. This was this was very helpful. So let's take a quick break. When we come back, I have a few more questions for you. Not about mindfulness, but about movies. All of this. Oh no. We, all of this when we come back on the Live Better Longer podcast. Go, go, go. All right. As we take a quick water break, I just want all of you to realize. Maybe you know this already. We are in the month of April. And that means it is Occupational Therapy Month. Yes. So let us celebrate occupational therapy and occupational therapists, also known as OTs. So if you have a loved one, a family member, a friend that is an OT, make sure that you celebrate them in the month of April. And we will be celebrating Occupational Therapy Month on Fox Rehabilitation's social media accounts. So hopefully you are following Fox Rehabilitation on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Did you know that Katie Cooper is an occupational therapist? Are you enjoying this podcast? Well, there you go. We got more content like this all month long in the month of April, a.k.a. Occupational Therapy Month. Speaking. 
Speaking of Occupational Therapy Month, I am back with Fox Rehabilitation Occupational Therapist Extraordinaire Katie Cooper, who is also the health coach of the Live Better Longer podcast. So, Katie, I just wanted to know, I don't think we've ever talked about like movies and music and whatnot, but mm-hmm. I'm just curious, what are your favorite movies? Do you do you use movies to chill out? Not really. Not really. Okay. Are you no. into are you into movies? Um, I like movies, but it's really hard to find time to finish a whole movie. Yes. Like, my husband and I started um we were watching Glass Onion on Netflix. And, you know, we have we couldn't start it till after the kids went to bed. So I think we watched like 45 minutes of it and it was amazing. And then I think it took two weeks before we finished okay. it. It's <laughs> like this is defeats the purpose of this movie. <laughs> so, like, entertainment-wise, mm-hmm. what's sort of in your wheelhouse? Like, what does it for you? Mm, I, I like shows, bec- like TV shows, because they're shorter. I can okay. fit that in more than a movie. And I like being active, like going out and doing something. So we'll go out to, like, a restaurant or, like, we went out to a chef experience where the, it was like a secret dinner. That was cool. I, I do more of that for entertainment, I guess. For fun, mm-hmm. you're going out to a restaurant. That's what makes you happy. Yeah. Yep. I like good food. <laughs> I, I, what's your favorite food? See, I'm trying to get into the brain of Katie Cooper right now. Yeah. Um, I love Asian food, like good sushi, good Chinese food really anything like anything different like i like to go get you know a fancy meal every once in a while that where you try something that you wouldn't normally try what about music i am a you know i was born in 85 so anything (laughs) in the 90s my husband has like a playlist if he really wants me to start like dancing and singing he'll put it on oh okay so which songs would get you Oh and, yes, yes. You know, like Destiny's Child, the, <laughs> the throwback stuff. So if he played Ace of Base or Destiny's Child, you would start dancing. Oh, definitely, yes. And yeah. there, there is a health benefit to dancing, right? Oh yeah, dancing and singing, awesome for your body and for your mind. Because I have a, a friend who is a therapist, and during the pandemic, she posted a video saying that if you dance like five minutes a day, it will make you feel better. Well, what's interesting is, so in animals, after they have a stressful event, they tend to shake their bodies, like like uncontrollably shake, because it literally shakes the stress hormones out. So for us, like shaking after a stressful event is probably not really socially acceptable, but dancing is, and that's a great way to kind of move that energy and that the stress hormones and get the blood flowing after that stressful event. Interesting. I always learn something when you come on the podcast. And then I want to close with this. So Katie Cooper, very mindful, but not too long ago, I heard you talking schmack on a Philly sports fan. And I was momentarily surprised. I was like, whoa. They were talking about the Eagles and you're like, I'm a Giants fan. I was like, whoa, I never saw this side of Katie Cooper before. I am a big football fan. That is true. Um, That is something I do for entertainment, for sure. Although it does provide a lot of stress in my life at times. You're a Giants fan. Big Giants fan. The Giants had a a decent season in 2023, 2022. Much better than expected, for sure. Yeah. 
And you're not an Eagles fan. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> no, but I, I liked seeing that side of Katie Cooper recently. Yeah, that was that was a fun meeting. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Katie, you'll have to come back on the podcast like you always do. Uh, thank you for all the tips. Very helpful. And uh, like we said at the top, if you end up working with Fox Rehabilitation and you want to manage your stress, join Live Well with Fox and Katie will show you the way. Yes, I'd love that. Thanks so much for having me. Yes. Oh, fun as always. So for Katie Cooper, my name is Jim Shear, and we will see Yins later. Oh.